0: Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Come, come.
1: We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters we Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters we Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters we Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters. We we to wealthy so sisters. Radio show. to we so to to, so be to, to, so be to
2: Well, hello. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, brought to you by Wealthy Sisters Media Group, where we proudly promote positive people. You can visit us for all your branding and publishing needs at WealthySistersMedia.com. That's dot WealthySistersMedia.com. Today, we are so grateful for today's episode being brought to you by our Platinum that's dherbs.com, and they are the number one online full body selling cleanser. I'm telling you, the full body cleanse is the number one online selling cleanser. It is a phenomenal system. If you haven't heard about it, you haven't tried it, you need to go to dherbs.com right now. If you want more energy, well-being, and you want to jump start your metabolism all naturally, I'm telling you, dherbs.com is the way to do it with their full body cleanse. Go to dherbs.com right now, and make sure you mention in the promo code their Wealthy Sisters, for your discount. We also like to say a special thank you to audible.com, who is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audio books whenever, wherever, and however you want. Get a free book when you Sign up right now for a 30 day free trial at AudiblePodcast.com dot com forward slash wealthy sisters. Again, get your free book right now at 30 free trial AudiblePodcast.com dot com forward slash wealthy sisters. Well, wealthy sisters radio, we are so excited about connecting business with people, stories, and music. And our purpose, you know, is twofold. We First, love to make sure that we provide you, that dynamic listener, with inspiration, encouragement, and that practical knowledge, which is very important to get that practical knowledge that you can apply to your business and to your life right now for a positive impact. And two, we want to make sure that we continue to provide this awesome platform to edify, to acknowledge and promote and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, and we are broadcasting live here on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. And we're so excited today as well. We are joining in. The wonderful World Gospel Radio, Power World Power Gospel Radio family, WPGR family, they will be joining us today. We're being syndicated on that phenomenal network. Looking forward to so many great things coming from there. We want to say a very very huge welcome to WPGR.TV, TV, and we're looking forward, like I said, to just a great great union here. Uh, with Wealthy Sisters Radio. Now, you know, we are here every week at the same time here at Blog Talk Radio, 11 a.m. Eastern, live, and you can catch us. You can catch us Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern, live, right here. But you can get all of our shows. At WealthySistersRadio.com, over five years of great content there for you to help you in your business. At WealthySistersRadio.com, you can find us on iTunes for free. Just go right to Wealthy Sisters there. You get the information right in your smart devices, your laptops, whatever. Um, platform you're using. We are available for you. And I want to remind you as well to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Wealthy Sisters. We keep it simple for you. And go to WealthySistersRadio.com and make sure you join our mailing list. You can stay on top of everything and stay up and and learn about what we have available here for you on Wealthy Sisters Radio. And you know today is Tuesday, October 14th, right? This time is moving fans in the year of 2014, and what is October here at Wealthy Sisters, none other than Wealthy Brothers Month. We're so thrilled for the month of October to celebrate men here at Wealthy Sisters Radio Powerful, dynamic brothers who are doing great things, have done extraordinarily well in business, and who are willing to share information right here with us, with our audience, with our audience here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. And today, I tell you, I am so excited about our guest. I'm honored to have none other than Mr. Alfred Edmund Jr., he's the Senior Vice President and Chief Content Officer of Black Enterprise. That's right. Yes, I know that deserves round of applause, doesn't it, of Black Enterprise, he's joining us here today on Wealth Sisters Radio, so thrilled to have him, I mean, what an incredible interview, We I had the privilege of pre-recording it, and I've listened to it over and over again, I, so I want you right now to make sure you get your pens, your papers, you do not want to miss this exclusive interview, and and know that if you have to go or miss the first half of it or got to come back, don't worry about it, you'll be able to get this show immediately following along with all all of our other great shows at com. Well, we've come to that time in the show where it's time for the business question of the week. That's right, the business question of the week. And if you have a question that you'd like to ask about anything about business, you know you can send it to us here at Family at com. And that's Family at com, or Simply call us on at 800 917 9435, extension 808. That's 800-917-9435, extension 808. Give us a shout out there. Let us know what your question is. And I've been in business for over 25 years, and I know a lot. But I know I don't know everything. And that I don't know, I do know how to find, like we do every week, get the right information, get the right experts to share that with you today. So our question comes all the way from Kansas City, Kansas, from Sonia. Sonia, thank you so much for submitting your question. Sonya. Has a question about working family business she says she has a college graduate she's worked about seven years uh, in in corporate America, and the family wants her to join the cleaning business that her parents started several years ago. Wow, that's great. And uh, she she says that um, she's learned a lot in school, but she she feels like she can add to the family, but she wants to know if it's a good idea. Well, first of all, you know, we can't answer a personal question for you, but we can make suggestions. And I, of course, believe in family business. That's what I tell my daughter every day. I'm building this empire for you to take over the family business. You certainly have to have a succession plan in place. A lot of us that are building businesses, you what well, who's going to take the business over, what will happen to that business. So here's the perfect question here on, on joining a family business and how should you operate in the family business. And I, should, I say you want to treat it as a business. I would strongly suggest uh, if you haven't, it doesn't sound like from just a little bit of the information we have in the notes, that you may not have had a lawyer. The family wants to get a lawyer, draw up the agreement. You know, as far as the structure of the company, financial equity, succession planning, which is very important, who's going to be responsible for what, you know, your parents are getting older, how will that transition take place? All of those details you want to definitely have in writing because we know, you know, emotions and family, a lot of times even just with with, with non-family, just actually just, just emotions can get involved or misunderstandings. So it's great to have all of those things in place. And the thing, you know, I would strongly suggest for you not only getting with an attorney, but getting with a great financial planner, insurance uh, agent that can help you with the key person replacement. A lot of times people have businesses and they don't have anything in place so if something happens to that key person in in charge, you know, they pass away before time, before the transition. There's insurance that you can purchase that will pay uh, on that passing, that will help the family business along until you replace that person. So those are some things that I would suggest there. But yes, I do feel that um, family businesses are important. Is is I, I had the privilege of growing up in Atlanta and seeing that so eloquently done with the Bronner brother family, how Papa Bronner built that business and left it to the sons and the mom and, and how they've been able to continue with that business. So I love family businesses. Again, I would encourage you to seek an attorney on that, insurance advisor as well, to make sure you have all those things in place. So once again, thank you so much, Sonia, for submitting your question, again, if you've question you'd like to ask us here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, feel free to send it to us at family at com, or you can simply dial 800 extension 808 and leave uh, your question there. So while I tell you, like I said today, we are thrilled to celebrate October, the month of October, Wealthy Brothers here. We have none other than the phenomenal Mr. Alfred at Jr., who is the Senior Vice President and content Chief Content Officer of Black Enterprise. He's going to be here with us in a few moments. I'm not going to hold him from you much longer. We'll take a short break and come back with our dynamic guest today. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio.
1: Queen Anita Empire Online features luxurious African handmade healthy skin and body care products. From enhancing all natural soaps, hair growth stimulating shampoos, to delicious healthy drinks, great for arthritis, we have an extensive inventory of more than 450 items to begin your natural journey to wellness. Visit QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. That's QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Remember QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com.
2: We're back live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio, and it is October. We're celebrating the brothers here with an all-male guest panel. This week we had none other than Zan Grant a myth tag. I'm telling you, you all don't know about that new social media platform. You can combine all your social media into one. Uh, today is none other than Mr. Alfred Edmonds at Enterprise, and next week, oh, wow. Make sure you meet this gentleman. I'm telling you, he has created an automotive Journalistic phenomenon, and he's our very special guest next week. And then also at the end of the talk, we're going to end with none other than Mr. Frankie. So we're excited. We're going to go ahead and start with our guest today, phenomenal Alfred Evans. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Well, this is Deborah Hardnett back. As we promise you, wow, what an awesome, awesome day it is to have none other and the Senior Vice President, Chief Content Officer of Black Enterprise Magazine, Mr. Alfred Edmonds, Jr., here on the line with us. I'm sorry, Alfred Edmonds, Sr., correct? I get that no, you got right. right. You got it
3: right.
2: I'm a junior. <laughs> I'm junior, junior. You got it right. right. To do, I'm doing
4: an improved version of
2: Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was just so excited. I got ahead of myself there to have you on uh, our show, just thrilled and just so grateful and honored. And and just want to say thank you for coming to Wealthy Sisters Radio to help us celebrate the all-male guest panel here in the month of October.
4: Well, I am just as grateful to be invited and to be among that number of men who have been privileged to be a guest on your show, Deborah. So um, I I feel the same um, as you do about this experience.
2: Yes, yes, and I was just saying, you know, it's just amazing um how so approachable you are and how open you are and and I know that 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 says a lot about the success that you've experienced in life and I definitely want to talk about that as well, but also how you've been able to lead a uh, black enterprise and and really really uh keep that presence and that that stamp Right there for us in our community as far as business publications are concerned. But before we get into all of that, you know, we are, we say it every week over here, Alfred, we are so nosy at Wealthy Sisters Radio. Our audience loves to get background information on all our guests because they always want to be able to feel like they can find a, a sense of uh, synergy and similarities or to be able to relate. So if you don't mind, if you just take a few moments and share with us where you grew up and actually what led you on this great path that you're on today.
3: Well,
4: um, the first question is very easy. The second question is, uh, is, is, I won't say complicated, but I can say that my life and my career has been beyond anything I could have possibly planned for myself, so I don't want to make it sound like I knew that this was what I was going to end up doing, Um, but I'm just thankful for for everything that I've been able to do and that I get to do today. I was born and raised um, in a town on the Jersey Shore, Long Branch, New Jersey. Um, I'm a proud son of Long Branch, New Jersey, Um, oldest of four children, um, raised on public assistance, by a divorced single mother who really taught um, us, and I'll say specifically me, um, you know, everything from personal style to home training to courtesy to um, uh, uh, being a gentleman um, and the fact that we we came from less than advantageous economic um, background was not an excuse for my mother to lower the standard of our Conduct and approach to life, and and so, um, you know, I, I I grew up there, and uh, that's pretty much all I knew until I went off to college. I went to Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, graduated from there with a degree in art, with a minor in economics. Uh, did not take any journalism courses in college. Wow! To, to discover that aspect of of, of of or that profession until I was halfway through college, and quite against my will got pretty much bullied into taking over one of the campus newspapers, one dedicated to black and Latino students at Rutgers. And that year of running the paper, as reluctant as I was to take the position, really was the transformative experience for my professional life. And I knew that I wanted to be um, a media leader, a media editor, a producer, executive. I didn't know what it was going to turn into, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. And that's that's how it started.
2: Wow, now that's incredible. Like you said, we never know the path that we're going to be on and actually majored in art. So what are you an artist as far as print or painting, a sculpture? What what you know, was all, all of that my
4: artistic talent emerged when I was a preschooler. So wow. I I just grew up doing I didn't think of it. I did it because I enjoyed it. It wasn't until I got to preschool and the teachers and everybody started reacting to what I was doing mm-hmm. that I that I or that other people thought I had talent, but I just liked to draw. I like to draw, I like to write, I like to read. Um, and um, I was, a, a, people don't believe it now, but I was just kind of a shy, introverted boy. So I liked doing things that I could do by myself and
3: right, you know,
4: and got very good at it. So I was always a voracious reader. I was identified as a academically gifted at my age four. So, um, you know, it, all those things came together. But because I was from A a background I mean I grew up In a working class Neighborhood in Long Branch Um And But I didn't really know Anybody who was a writer Or I didn't know So I I didn't think Of my writing school As something I could do For a profession So Even though I was Always a gifted writer I wrote one essay contest In elementary school And that kind of thing Um It was not something that I always had the talent But I never thought of What I could do with it I never thought of it that way Until Mm -hmm. Until I got to college Mm -hmm. So So you know, my mother taught told. I have a lot of little things my mother, you know, taught me when I was when I was a child that I still carry with me today. One of those things that she says is that, or she told me was that, everything you ever allow yourself to learn during the course of your life, you'll use it before you die. Wow!
2: Now,
4: I didn't. I didn't. How I wise she is she
2: that? Thought. That's a tweet. But I I believe in that. I mean, now in my 40s, I see that. You know, you don't know it, as you said, coming up. You don't really get that picture because you're involved in it. But now you have time to reflect or you have more years to reflect on from the past, and you can see how you're applying that. That is so true.
4: Well, what it communicated to me at at that age, and now I'm thinking about grown zones, is that learning is growing. Life is learning. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're learning, you're living. And right. so it, it planted a seed r- very early in my life as a child for a real love of learning for the sake of learning, and mm-hmm. that, that you know so even, you know it wasn't just about getting A's just for the sake of getting A's. It was just about enjoying learning new things, and that has really, especially these last ten years of my career, has really I'm um, done you know done paid off for me because I'm just very curious and willing to try and learn new things and. And uh, But that was one of the things. The other thing my mother um, told me that I carry with me today is not being the best at something is never an excuse for not doing your best at something. Wow. And so when you're when you're into learning, you can't excel at something if you're not willing to do poorly at it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't learn because if they don't get it right away, they give up one and say, oh, I'm not good at that, so I'm right. not going to spend time doing it. But my philosophy has been along that. You're never really good at something at the beginning, so that's part of the process of getting good at it is being willing to be not so good at it in the beginning. And if you can let your ego get past the fact that you're not good at it at the beginning, you actually will find out that you'll enjoy and learn a lot of things that you would think you wouldn't enjoy. And so right. as, you know, as a result, I, I, I've had a very fun and fulfilling life on a lot of levels because I'm willing to, to not be so good at things for the sake of just learning and enjoying the process of learning, and then ultimately, if you do it long enough, you actually get decent, so I'm, actually get it. Good, I'm good you at a lot of things,
2: it. because mm-hmm. I just like mm-hmm. to learn it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we always say that here uh, at Wealthy Sisters Radio, you can't cheat the process, and you're saying that you you embrace the process of learning, and I think and maybe I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on this as far as how we are conditioned in society. I know you said a lot of people don't do that. Do you think that we are conditioned not um, to embrace the process? Uh, we, we we, we, definitely, I know the way our society is today is not uh, a slant on it like oftentimes in this context it is a slant, but I'm not adding a slant to it because that's just the way things have evolved we get things quicker it's faster but because of us being able to have and obtain things a lot faster than 20 40 80 years 100 years ago do you think that has something to do with that or what is it that attributes to us not being able to embrace that process and and saying it's okay you don't know you're just learning you know you're well i I got shielded
4: I got shielded, and I I give my mother primary credit for this. Mm
3: -hmm. From what
4: happens to most kids, um, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: very early on, Mm -hmm. kids are born believing they can pretty much do anything. That's right. They just think they don't. You know, they don't. They fall the first time; they don't care. They're like, "Okay, I fell." I mean, but very early on, unfortunately, we begin to start telling kids what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: And as adults, obviously, they look at us as the authorities in their lives, and they start to believe us. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for 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 whatever reason, my mother never allowed the seed of doubt to be planted in me that there was something that I couldn't do if I wanted to wow. do it. And wow. as a result, um, and that doesn't mean there weren't other members of my family who, who, who operated differently, and I don't know why my mother was the way she was with me, um, but she never, I, I can't remember my mother ever telling me that I couldn't do something. There were times when she didn't think I, it was wise for me to do something. But mm-hmm. she always, she nurtured me very early and to the point by the time I got to be 12 or 13, I didn't really believe there was something that I couldn't do.
2: That you, you know? couldn't do, right. And, right. And, and, and and But I think
4: a lot of times kids are told, if they draw their first picture and the person who sees the picture doesn't like it, right. they don't say, I don't like the picture, they tell the kid that he can't draw.
3: He did if it wrong, right. the person
4: sings a note, you know, and the note didn't come out right the first time, they say, you can't sing.
3: Mm-hmm. When I
4: believe that, while some people can sing the right the very first time, and other people it takes work, mm-hmm. that one of the wonders of, of being a human being is that everybody has the capacity to learn anything. Now, I, am I going to sing like you know Luther Vandross or you know John Legend or whoever someone considers to be a great singer? Maybe I'll never be that good, mm-hmm. but that's not the same as telling somebody that they can't do it. And but they can't a lot of times we're told, we right. tell our kids, especially our boys, and unfortunately, especially our boys of color, mm-hmm. that they can't do things. And then they start to believe it. Kids start to believe it. And once you believe something, it becomes true.
2: hmm mm-hmm. Wow. While well, you are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio, our very special guest, Alfred Edmonds Junior of Black Enterprise and the Grown Zone. I tell you this powerful interview has just gotten started. Stay tuned. We'll take a short break and come right back. And also welcome our WPGR TV family.
1: D herbs.com's full body cleanse works to naturally cleanse and detoxify the body. To aid in weight release, enhancing the immune system, and increasing energy levels. The full body cleanse consists of the blood and lymphatic formula cardiovascular, liver, spleen, and gallbladder, lungs and respiratory, kidneys, bladder, and adrenals, colon and digestive tract, and activated charcoal. When you cleanse your body, you open up the door to healing and rejuvenation. Dherbs.com
0: Dream big, financial freedom, lifestyle change, additional income, be your own boss. If this is the life you've dreamed of, Tracy Lynn Fashion Jewelry is the business for you. This business is simple. If you can wear the jewelry, you can sell the jewelry. I've earned a $10,000 bonus check. I'm able to earn $600 to $800 per show and more. Visit TracyLynnJewelry.com and remember, behind every great woman are more great women.
4: Do you have a book that is ready to be published and you just don't know how? Does your company website need a facelift? Well, Wealthy Sisters Media Group is here to serve you. Publish your book and capture that brand new company look. Visit WealthySisters.com or call 800-917-9435 to take action today
2: live here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. We appreciate you for joining us and want to remind you that if you've missed the first half of this show, don't worry about it. You can catch this and all of our other great shows at WealthySistersRadio.com and remember to spell Sisters S-S-T-A-S That's WealthySistersRadio.com and also we want to let you know that the summit is on its way. It's next year, March 27th, 28th. It's Force One, the premier business conference for women who are serious about business. We've got not only do we have financial subjects, we're talking about marketing, the best way to inbound marketing, uh, even health and wellness tips, but also we've just added the Na- uh, National Association of Black Hotel Owners and Operators and Developers. They are going to be there to show you how you can actually get um, become a hotel owner. So you want to go to the thewintersummit.com right now. Get registered at the Winners Summit. That's like a champion, the Winners Summit dot com and get registered for march 27th to 28th well we are back here live with alfred today as we celebrate wealthy brothers here in october on wealthy sisters radio and man this interview is getting great it's getting better as my old friend used to say "getting better so we welcome you for tuning in here's alfred you is. We haven't been in the, on the interview long. Of just just some powerful nuggets that you've shared with us already. You talked about how you transitioned from your art major, and you were you kind of recruited to do your newspaper there uh, at the school. What was your transition from there? So you graduated. How did you break into journalism, not having that as your major, and just with the experience there? Well, uh, I graduated
4: from Rutgers. I I actually did a fifth year, and that fifth year was, was, I mean, a a lifesaver because after my fourth year, I had enough credits, um, total credits to graduate, but I hadn't finished all the classes in my degree major, so I had a choice of coming back part-time or full-time. When I first um, finished my fourth year, I hadn't run a newspaper yet. I had been a campus editor, and my first resume was very weak because, I didn't have take classes, so I had to rely on my extracurricular activities to make mm-hmm. the case that I could break into, the, you know, the, the, into journalism. Mm-hmm. But what I did is, my last two years at Rutgers, I I, I not only was editor of one paper, I got a column in, in the daily newspaper at Rutgers, the Targum. I was active in the African Student Congress. I got a job off campus laying out newspapers. I mean, I did everything I could to build up a resume around this idea that I can get a job in, in either a magazine or a newspaper mm-hmm. to make up for the fact that I hadn't actually taken classes in that. And, and I learned a, a very valuable lesson. It's, it's journalism in most things, it's not what you study, it's what you do.
2: It's what you do. Wow.
4: So you can have, I know many people who have graduate degrees in journalism who are not good journalists. They're just good, they were good at studying journalism, but they're not good journalists.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I had to learn to be a good journalist because I had to do it in real time. I had to learn how to lay out a newspaper. I had to learn how to record a story. I had to learn how to take pictures. I had to learn how to write captions. I had to learn all that stuff. I learned layout. I learned how to do all that stuff. I learned typesetting. So because I had to learn to do it for real because I didn't have classes that I took this says I took a class and I got a
3: degree in it. Right. So when I
4: came out my fifth year, I was a lot, actually a lot more prepared. I had a very robust resume and um, started interviewing for jobs. And what happened is um, I was sleeping on my mother's couch. At home during that summer, I was working at night at the racetrack. Uh, my mother's boyfriend got me a part-time job at night, and in the daytime, I would use the money I had to commute to the city to do job interviews. The editorial assistant, um, just you know, and I interviewed for those positions, and I kept not getting the position because I couldn't type fast enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in those days, you're talking about the the, the early 80s, right? When the well, we had a typewriter. You had right. to type 40 words a minute with no errors. That was like right. a training process. <laughs> and I could type faster, but I would have too many errors. Or if right. I had no errors, I was not fast enough. So long story short, I went through this whole frustrating summer of interviewing with magazines and newspapers in New York City. And finally, I was in Newark Penn Station coming back from Manhattan. And I decided to gather up all the black newspapers on the newsstand at that time. The Amsterdam News, Big Red News, The Daily Challenge. Um, Queen's Voice, just all of them that earlier in the summer I thought I was you know, I was on my way to GQ and, and <laughs> Condé Nast so I had already exposed the possibilities
3: but uh-huh. now I went
4: to the end of the summer I wanted to get off my mother's couch I wanted to get my career going and I ultimately got a job a part-time job at Big Red News, it's now called the New York Beacon in Brooklyn, New York and I also got another part-time job at my hometown paper the Asbury Park Press um, weekends at night at one job, and three days a week, a three-hour commute each way from New Jersey to Brooklyn to another wow. job. And that's how I got started. And ultimately, I'm skipping a lot of stuff um, for, for time, I got hired full-time at the newspaper in Brooklyn and quit my job at the press in New Jersey, primarily because while um, the jobs paid basically the same because they were both uh-huh. low-level jobs,
3: uh uh-huh. um,
4: because Big Red News was a small community newspaper, I got to do a lot more, which uh-huh. was very important. It was a very important lesson. So, my, at, at Asbury Park Press, because it was a big daily newspaper, I just, the grunt work. I, I would fetch coffee for the editors. I pasted up weather maps. So I wrote the paper boy of the week column. I didn't get a byline. They were telling me it was going to be two years before I got a byline. Oh, my bye. first assignment. Yeah.
3: My uh-huh. first assignment
4: for Big Red. They put me on a union bus to cover the twentieth anniversary of the March of Washington.
3: Really? And
4: so I was like, oh, I can have a front page story on a small paper or I can do the paper for a week on the big paper. I'll take the small paper. So um, eventually got hired as a full-time at Big Red. And then something else that happened that happened at small publications. They had a big layoff and they kept the lowest paid employees. And as a new hire fresh out of college, I was was one of the the lowest paid employees. Lowest
3: paid, yeah.
4: they let me redesign the whole paper, and when they brought everybody back, me and another gentleman that graduated from Fordham University the same year, we were both like 24 or 25 years old, they left us in charge.
2: Running the paper. Now, at 25
4: years old, I was running one of the largest black newspapers in New York City at 25 years old because of that. At
2: 25 years old, and – yeah, our, our, our today the generations they it's 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 different it's different um everything is different and we have to grow and evolve but one of the things I have noticed that, that just your fortitude you know three hours uh, that's that's powerful that's you know a lot of people did that in in our era but I don't know if I see that same willingness to first of all take less pay to. <laughs> Be experienced, seek the experience, and not necessarily concerned with that. Have you noticed that to be a major difference in in the foundation? Um, again, I guess that kind of goes back to the process we talked about. You know, really wanting well, I, to get to the process.
4: Um, I think it varies. I mean, okay. I have some some twenty somethings on my staff now who are just like me. I mean, that's my wife mm-hmm. hired them. working. Mm-hmm diligent, willing to go the extra mile, you know. So I I see that in in today's generation. I think part of the reason, the way I was, I mean, the Edmund family is a family that's really focused on hard work. We like work. Right. You know, I have a brother who can't work because of a medical condition, and it drives him crazy that he can't work. I mean, He actually Mm -hmm. still works when he's not supposed to, because the Mm -hmm. idea of just sitting and chilling is not Mm -hmm. part of kind of the Edmund. Mm -hmm. That's not the way we were acculturated in our family. We right, believe right. in work. So right. we feel it needs to be to draw honor and validation from work. Um, right. And sometimes that's not a good thing because you can overwork yourself. When you you, yeah, it's a
2: balance. you got to have but, a balance but, there. But, yeah. you know,
4: I didn't think anything of it. I was having the time of my life. I was working in New York City. I had exciting work. It was rewarding work. I had interesting people. So if you're enjoying what you're doing, and I always have,
3: mm-hmm.
4: I mean, it was, it, you know, it, it was it was fun. And then, the woman that hired me at Big Red, who was who was a mentor and a godmother to me, he, she was the sister of the publisher, uh, found me an apartment. Um, another young man who I went to college with turned out, he lived a half a block away from me, so she she got him a job there, too, because he was a journalism major. Um, so Today His name is Matthew Scott. He ended up working at Black Enterprise. He's godfathered one of my kids now. But my yeah. point is, that things came together, and eventually I moved to Brooklyn, where I lived for 21 years. Ultimately, and uh, I can't think of it as anything other than I had had a lot of fun. It wasn't hard work; it was a lot of fun.
2: Right. Well, you know, one thing, Alfred, you, uh, your mother. I mean, we got to give her the respect, really, just to her for being such a, a force in 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 encouraging and cultivating, and in, you know, what was in you um and i think what you mentioned you did what you love you enjoyed what you love you made a conscious choice once you were in college and they they got you to move to the newspaper to become a part of that you said, oh, this is what I want to do, and you pursued. You were diligent about what you wanted to do. And I think that's, I wanted to bring that point out and, and reiterate that because we are talking about that a lot here on the show, the importance of really doing and training our children and cultivating our children, like you said earlier, to do what you want to do, what what moves you, what makes you happy, as opposed to a lot of people in my generation who have had to do or did we were told to get the good jobs you know you might like art but you're going to be a starving artist you need to get a job to take well, care of your family to, you
4: that, know. to that point I mean again and I do give credit to my mother um, mm-hmm. uh, you know I'll make two points one the, most of my family was not thrilled to, to say the least that I declared art as my major when I went off to college <laughs> because again I was a gifted kid and they had the whole doctor, lawyer right being written all over me and in fact right. until i graduated my grandparents my paternal grandparents wouldn't tell people art was my major they told <laughs> people my soccer they kept people my psychology was my major because so they just couldn't wrap their know uh, arms around their genius like grandson. what is he doing
2: he all right he's to, to college
4: and he's majoring or what do they they teach y'all how to draw don't you know how to draw already why you gotta go to college you know so i know it, but my, again i give credit to my mother my mother didn't always understand Right. what I was doing. And she, to this, I mean, today she really doesn't understand what I do. She She's proud of me, but she's right. never a real conception of what my life is like or what my career is like or what I do. But right. she's never used that as a reason to say that I shouldn't do it or I couldn't that do it. she shouldn't do it. And right. she defended my choice um, to major in art, and when I came home with my art degree, declared I was going to be a journalist and confused my family again. <laughs> I thought that boy went to school of art. That you know, boy don't
2: know what he want to do. That want to do it,
4: but my mother <laughs> was like, "Don't worry about that. He do he, whatever he puts his mind to do. He does it, so don't worry about it." And right. um, and they weren't paying my tuition. They weren't paying my bills. So you know, I'm like, whatever. You know, and yes. The other thing that I learned, though, um, to your point about pursuing what you really want to pursue and having the courage to do that is my hero... I don't I don't have a lot of heroes in life, but one of my heroes, my, my biggest hero, I discovered at Rutgers, and that was Paul Roberson, oh, uh, who yeah. is still widely considered to be the most famous graduate of Rutgers ever had.
3: Yeah. And
4: I got to Rutgers, and I was like a lot of kids who, you know, I came from a small town. I was at a big school. I wasn't quite sure I was going to make it in college. I was intimidated. It was my first time really being away from home. And my first my freshman year, I really was one of those kids that was like, I'm just gonna study and stay in the library and I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna because I was so sure I was gonna plunk out. Uh, even why even because yeah, I wasn't was social, I wasn't socialized to college. Okay. I, I was a small town kid. Again, so just because you have the academic abilities to do well if uh-huh. you never set foot on the college campus, if you don't know anybody who went to college, if you don't right. have those other things and I'm I was a despite being gifted, I was a poor black kid. You know, uh, raised on welfare, who never really had been anywhere or done anything, um, and so. Um, but when I discovered Paul Robeson, and he was a man who was a lawyer, who was a singer, who was an actor, mm-hmm. who, who was a multi-talented mm-hmm. athlete, and mm-hmm. the lesson that I got from that was I could, be, I didn't have to just. I could be good at multiple things at the same time, and I didn't have to restrict myself to only doing one thing.
3: So, so what I'm. Date? Yeah. I don't. I don't see. I
4: didn't like choose journalism and say, "Well, I'm not an artist anymore." Well, right. I, I. I still fully enjoy completing my major in art. I, I, I like music. I um, over the years I've done bodybuilding competitions. I. I believe that we do it to serve. You can only do this one thing, If this is what you're good at. Right. Don't try to really learn or do anything else. And I'm not. I, I learn all kinds of things. I do all kinds of things. Um, I don't always have time to do everything I want to do, but I'm I don't feel limited by oh, you never did that before, so you should never learn how to do it. And,
0: right. and even, as I get older,
4: even less limited. I mean, uh, you know, as I get older and appreciate the value of time and realizing that tomorrow is my promise, like, why why not? Why you know, right. and, I, and, I, and I and I always feel like we do a service to young people when we say, Well, you're uh,
3: you need well, to you're get a, a lawyer so mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm.
4: focus on that and don't focus mm-hmm. on anything else. And we really have the capacity to do a variety of things as long as right. we, we have some passion and commitment
3: to doing it.
2: You know, it, it, it's so important, and, and I'm I'm just so excited that you said that. You mentioned that because again, just like oftentimes we are conditioned to don't don't pursue your path that you're you're interested in, the thing that makes you happy. You are. We are pigeonholed into one box. You know, you can't do more than one thing, and there are all types of people in the world, and there are people like you and like myself and others that I know that that enjoy doing multiple things, and you can be good at multiple things um, and, as well. And,
4: and you can enjoy yeah. multiple things and not be good at it.
2: Just because
4: yeah, you're not
2: you, like good at it doesn't mean you
4: don't enjoy it. You, 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 you don't, don't enjoy, enjoy it. it, right. It
2: deal that my mother and, 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 and wow. And,
4: Implicitly, if not explicitly, her deal was with me. Mm. As long as you support yourself, you can do whatever you want to do. Because I'm in the financial, to. she wasn't in the financial position to to pay, you know, provide right. me, pay, right. you know, pay, you know, pay for an apartment. No. So she's like, he's paying his own bills. I don't, you know, he's all right taking it up there in New York, but he's mm-hmm. taking care of himself. And that as long as he takes care of himself, he's not doing anything illegal. He's not doing mm-hmm. anything immoral that he should be able to do whatever he wants to do. And I've adopted mm-hmm. that same attitude with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, two of, one of one of whom completed college, one of whom is in the process, and two, and two of whom who started college and ultimately decided college wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those fathers that says, oh, you're a failure because you didn't go to college. Right. All four of them are on their own two feet. They're taking care of themselves. They're paying their own bills. They're working. They're doing their thing. And and my oldest, who is the one that 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 completed college told me by the time she was sixteen she was never gonna work a traditional job. Mm. She told me that she was interning at a law office, she was really enjoying it, and she called me and she said, You know, this is really good, but this office nine to five thing, I don't see it not happening." to And I didn't say to her, Oh, around. what do you mean you have to <laughs> I'm like listen, as long as you can pay your own bills, support yourself and you're not doing anything immoral or illegal you right. you. She, has, she has been true to her word, been very successful in a variety of things. You know, she earned her degree, um, but she has never worked a traditional nine-to-five. But she has never, she don't come to me asking for money. Right. So wow. so we need to give people the freedom to do what they want to do and then the responsibility to stand on their own two feet and make it happen.
2: Man, and too so often we, we do, we do we the get, opposite. And, and we
4: make the kid lazy by giving them everything yeah. and then tell them what they can and can't do.
2: Can't do. We can end the show right now. I mean that's, <laughs>
3: that's
2: that's. I mean that really. I don't have to do another show for the rest of the year. We could just let that roll on into next year because we we have to hear that. We've got to hear that, and we have to encourage um, others. And 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 I and and I'm hovering on this just a little bit because as adults, you know, we. It's not just for children. It's not just for young adults. It's adults who are in in the 40s now who are like, I want to do this reinventing or there's a paradigm shift that's taking place because there a lot of people are in that position where they they are in businesses or in jobs that they, are, they don't want to do, they're not happy, or they change their mind. You know, that that's the other thing. We're not supposed to be in a place where we can change our mind and want to do something different. Wow, I tell you, are you as excited as I am about this? Powerful interview. If you've just tuned in, this is Wealthy Sisters Radio with none other than Alfred Edmund, Jr. of Black Enterprise and the Green Zone. This is a phenomenal interview as we celebrate Wealthy Brothers here in the month of October. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. We will take a quick break now and go to our health and wellness segment and we'll come back because I want you to hear what Alfred talks about uh, here. Grown Zone and a lot of other things that he's doing, and how Black Enterprise is leading in the digital media age. But we're going to go now to our health and wellness correspondent, Delana Keller Watkins, and she's going to share with us how to prepare naturally for the flu season.
0: Hello, this is Delana K. Watkins with your Wealthy Sisters Radio health and wellness segment. We are approaching the flu and cold season. Inside your body, there is an amazing protection mechanism called the immune system. It is designed to defend you against millions of bacteria, microbes, viruses, toxins, and parasites that would just love to invade your body. Viral and bacterial infections are by far the most common causes of illness for most people. They cause things like your common cold, the flu, measles, mumps, and so on. The job of your immune system is to protect your body from these infections. The immune system protects you in three different ways. It creates a barrier that prevents the bacteria from ever entering your body. If a bacteria or virus does get inside your body, the immune system tries to detect and eliminate it before it can make itself at home and reproduce. And then lastly, if the virus or bacteria is able to reproduce and start causing problems, then your immune system is in charge of eliminating it. Your immune system works around the clock in thousands of different ways, but it does its work largely unnoticed. One thing that causes us to really notice our immune system is when it fails for some reason, and then this is when you can get a cold or flu or bacterial infection. So we want to keep this amazing system working properly, don't we? And here are three things that you can do to protect and boost your immune system during the cold and flu season. First, use antibacterial soap and water to thoroughly wash your hands regularly throughout the day, especially when you come in contact with things out in the public area. Second, cover your cough using the inside of your elbow or tissue. Never cough into your hands. And then thirdly, vitamin C. Get your daily fix of vitamin C by eating plenty of fruit and vegetables like oranges, grapefruit, strawberry, kiwi, mangoes, broccoli, asparagus, cauliflower, and cabbage. Now, I know that there's one out of that list that you can incorporate into your diet of fruit and vegetables. So there you are. Those are three healthy ways to protect the three great jobs that our immune system does. And I wish you a healthy and happy time during this cold and flu season. I am Delena K. Watkins with Wealthy Sisters Radio.
2: Thank you so much, Delena. Yes, we need those tips, natural tips, that's what we're all about at Wealthy Sisters Radio, the holistic point of view. I want to remind you that you can find this show and all our other great shows at WealthySistersRadio.com. We have over five years of content there for you, and you can also... Find us free on iTunes. Download us right there. Just look for Wealthy Sisters, and we want to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Wealthy Sisters. Wow, this is an explosive interview that we're having today with Alfred Evans of Black Enterprise and the Grown Zone. And are you ready? Wait till you hear what he has to say next.
4: Your mind to do well, something different. Here's what's true for the my baby boomers. So here's what's true for the baby boomers, and probably every generation afterwards. My mother's generation.
2: Well, this is Deborah Hardnett in your mind to do something
4: different. Here's what's true for the my baby boomer So here's what's true for the baby boomers, and probably mm-hmm. every generation afterwards. My mother's generation, and certainly every generation before that. Mm-hmm. You didn't live long enough to have multiple careers.
2: Yeah,
4: I mean, you you, you know, they, the Social Security was set at sixty five because most people didn't make it that long.
2: They didn't make know. it that long. That's so, right.
4: So yeah, that pre baby boomers and and industrial age and generations before that agricultural age, it was you had one career because you like, you weren't living long enough to have multiple careers. You weren't living right. long enough to have multiple things. Now you got people routinely living. Into their seventies and their eighties, and women living to their nineties and even two hundred.
2: Hundred, yeah. And
4: so now, not only is there opportunity to explore a variety of things, but you're probably going to have to anyway because jobs change,
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, they become obsolete, and if you don't learn new things, you'll end up not having anything to do. So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, it's going to be—it's already a reality that anybody who's thirty today is going to have four or five or six different careers before they retire because that's how things change.
2: That's how things change. And that is just a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you about. I know we're kind of jumping around here for the sake of time, but, you know, and, and I'd love to to extend an open invitation for you to come back on our show to, to share more um, with our audience. And, um, but I, I wanted to just say you, you've you've had a, a impeccable career at Black Enterprise, and now as the senior vice president, chief content officer, you guys have you know you have really done a, an a, an amazing job with that interface from print to um, to digital. Uh, with with the online presence that you have and and all of that, and and particularly a leader in African-American publications, you know. Um, Stay in front of the trends. I I read an article uh, last week that talked about how important it is to stay in front of the trends. Uh, You know, a lot of the MBAs, there's so many MBAs now, uh, a flooded market of MBAs, and, the analytics and and financial components of that, it's important. But what he mentioned was we have to begin to train leaders to stay in front of the trends, or else you will be a Sears or a Sony, you know, who had the opportunity. We all know what happened with Sony, and then – or even uh, Radio Shack. So. Can, can you expound more on that? I know you you just mentioned that about you know us as individuals we can become dinosaurs if we don't change. But how important is that for us to stay in front of the trends, and particularly when we consider our media uh, as well?
4: Well, I, I I serve on the board of the Cole Center for Leadership and Ethics at Duke University, and where we spend a lot of time talking about how do you cultivate leadership for today and tomorrow, and what does it mean to be a leader today? Um, and uh, I did actually a blog post at blackenterprise.com, I guess it about four years ago now, about what I considered the model for leadership. Remember, the old model for leadership used to be the captain of industry, and their job was to maintain the status quo, steer the ship, Mm-hmm. whether it's through some storms, but after the storm is over, take it back to the status quo and maintain the status quo. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning you coped with change, you managed change, you avoided change, but you don't really want change. Right. Now no. I believe that true leaders not only are not afraid of change, they want change. They, they, I believe that. They, right. they realize that not only is change inevitable, change is the good thing. It's desirable. It's something you should be making happen, not waiting for it to happen. Right. So I I pro, um, posited as a substitute or or a new model for leadership, as the big wave surfer, not the captain of industry steering a big ship, but the big wave surfer who is looking for the big waves, who's bored when nothing changes, when, mm-hmm. who's bored when there's no disruption. I mean, the mm-hmm. real surfers will go to another side of the world to find the biggest. The Most biggest way, <laughs> because they understand that that's the way of the world. And it's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's not something to be avoided. It's something right. to be pursued. And and I and, and my role on the board, I've I have pushed for the last several years, is we have to cultivate human beings, um, and, and that segues a lot into what Zara Green and I talk about in the grown Zone, who who, who cultivate uh, a comfort level with accepting things as they are and embracing change, not as something that's a cause for stress and anxiety, but excitement and anticipation. And why is that important? The physiological responses of your body are the same for both anxiety and excitement. It's the exact same physical response. The only difference is our, the way we look at it. The
2: way we look at it. If we
4: look if we when we get excited, we look at it as excited as the, as opposed to anxious then we are in a position to enjoy whatever is going to come, even if we don't know what that is. But if you're from a position of anxiety, you will react to it negatively, you'll experience it negatively, and you'll have negative results. So a lot of that is really getting, uh, uh, creating um, opportunities and for people to not only just not cope with change, but say change is okay, because change is growth. And if you're not growing, you're dying.
2: You're dying, right? Right.
4: So growth is, is a good thing. Change is growth. So while all change isn't experience, you know, you don't. It doesn't always feel good, but change and growth is good. And if you can adjust, adapt to that, then then it becomes more productive.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know, when I think about examples, especially when we talk about within um, media today and how technology has totally revolutionized the the entire industry. And when we think about a lot of our publications within the African-American community who have been slow to yield to the digital piece, and, you know, when you talk about change, to me, the, the cost of uh, putting something on the web versus actually printing, it seems like that would be a welcome change if, if, if they could understand that, that, that process there.
4: Well, it's, it's complex because it's cheaper to put something on the web, but it's still harder to make money off the web to pay for it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. so uh, when we look, when, when we get a lot of credit, and I think we deserve it at Black Enterprise for what we've been able to do coming through the recession, coming through the, the changes of digital. And some of it is that we did the right things. Um, our CEO, Butch Graves, um, in the, the early 2000s, made up his mind that we shouldn't be just a magazine that we had to diversify and we have a live right. events, and we have television and we have, um, you know, um, digital media, et cetera. Now, he didn't know that there was going to be a two thousand a great recession in 2008 and the whole industry was going to change, but that diversification is why we're still in business. We hadn't done that, and we would have been out of business. If mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we just had to rely on print advertising to survive, we'd be out of business. So mm-hmm. some of that was smart thinking on our part. Some of it wasn't. Some of it was, if we don't change, we're going to go under.
2: You're going to go and, under, and, right. And
4: a lot of times, unfortunately, as human beings, we won't change until we think, oh, my God, I, you know, I guess it's I'm gonna die if I don't change. I guess I have yeah. to change. And, and, and there's a lot of publications, a lot of media companies, and other companies that you named, that are out of business because they refuse to change. They just believed that someday it was going to go back to the way it was.
2: To the way it and, was.
4: Yeah. dinosaurs. that's why dinosaurs are extinct. Guess what? It that's ain't right. never going back to the way it was. So that's you got right. two choices. You can change and grow, or you can become extinct and die.
2: It's um, like I, saying we're not going to fly in an airplane anymore. We're not going to drive into cars. We're just going right. to go back to the horse and buggy. You know, that's not exactly. happening.
4: You well yeah. you can do it. You won't get very far. But you go, <laughs> go ahead and ride over some buggy if you want. That's, That's what you right. to do. But guess what? You're 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 going to be obsolete. I right. I, I spoke at um, um, Bishop T D Jakes' pastors' and leadership conference this year, um, and and the theme was very similar about um, getting out of your own way, not getting so caught up in tradition that you don't serve the mission that you came to mm-hmm. serve. Mm-hmm. And he he characterized it as the difference between being um, are you are you tending a garden or are you guarding a cemetery?
2: Mm. Oh you know, wow! Your
4: know, gardens, things grow in gardens.
2: That's Cemeteries tight. are
4: important. You want to honor and recognize and preserve. But when all is said and done, you're guarding. Uh, you're guarding dead. It's dead. It's done. It's, it's right, right. But you have when you get caught up in. I want things to stay the way they are what you end up doing is guarding cemeteries. And how I translated that from my role as chief content officer of black enterprise, you know, we could still pretend that print, someday, one day print is going to come back and be the dominant force in media. Mm -hmm. Or we can accept the fact that guess what? Those days are gone just the way at some point. I mean, we're both too young to know this, but for our parents' generation, Radio was the dominant. People sat in the living room around a big, giant radio. Around
2: the fireside chats, right. Exactly.
4: And then <laughs> television right. came, and guess what? Radio wasn't anymore. So, right. So, you know, if we, if we pay attention, we realize that almost every time there's a change, whatever's new is better than what was old anyway. We may feel nostalgic and connected to the whole thing. But the new thing is better. It's there for a reason, and we just need to figure out how to embrace that. And that's not just a metaphor for the media business; that's a metaphor for life. You got to let go to get better. You can't get better to keep what you got. You got to let go to get better.
2: Let go to get better. Wow. Well, I tell you, it's it's so much. We like I said, we we definitely would love to have you back on our show. I mean, you're just awesome to be able to hear your mother's. Instilling in you, we can see the evidence of that today. And I did want to give you an opportunity to just kind of share a little bit um, before we go about, you know, what is this grown zone with your your fantastic partner Nazara Green? This this is very intriguing. Tell us about the grown zone.
4: Well, the, the grown zone is amazing, and um, you know, I, I always tell people I'm the junior partner in the grown zone. <laughs> Zara has been on this path of teaching and training and personal growth, um, both professionally and personally, longer than I have. Uh, I guess personally I've been on the path without really knowing it, but it's only been since our partnership that I've actually been pursuing it in a business manner, in a professional manner. And the Grown Zone is based on a simple premise, that everything you have the adult right to do is not the grown thing to do. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of things we have the adult right to do that is unhealthy for us, that is destructive for us.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: grown is commitment to personal growth, commitment to self-love, and commitment to doing what's in to your advantage, not just mm-hmm. what you have the right to do.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: so we built a whole platform. We're best known probably for our relationship um, advice because we do a grown zone um, blog for the Love Channel at JetMag Online. We do a weekly radio show, the Grown Zone Radio Show, on Blog Talk Radio every Saturday um, at noon. And then, of course, people can um, listen to it on demand as a podcast. Um, but it's live at noon on Saturdays. Uh, we're very well known. We started the whole initiative on Twitter. Uh, we were we were both Twitter stars separately,
3: <laughs> and then
4: but we we joined and created this Grown Zone account where we both share as a couple um, um, grown principles principles of Good, um, um, self-loving, healthy decision-making um, in all aspects of life, ranging from money to relationships to family to business to career. And uh, you know, people can go to grownzone.com and, and learn all about it. But really, it's about better living, and it's about understanding that being an adult is not the final stage of personal growth. Being grown, we're just committing to being, to growing and learning and loving. And increasing your capacity to do all three forever, that's what grown is. And a lot of stuff, you know, they could say grown grown and sexy, and we say a lot of stuff that people say is grown and sexy is actually adult messy. <laughs>
2: adult it's, it's messy.
4: It's adult, <laughs> adult do it, but it's not a smart thing to do. And in some okay. cases, it's deadly to do. I mean, we watch, yes. um, you know, a lot of, you know, Discovery ID, yes. where unfortunately, you know, these, you know, these shows where, Two or three adults are doing the things that they're doing, they absolutely have the right to do, but right. it leads to disastrous, destructive, right.
2: Domino um, criminal
4: results because just because you have the right to do it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do.
3: Right. So, um, right.
4: And, and we're very excited because our first Grown Zone book will be out. Um, we're hoping oh. before Christmas, but certainly by the beginning of the year. Um, oh. It's called Loving in the Grown Zone, and it's a guide to pursuing Healthy, loving relationships of honor, esteem, and respect.
2: Oh and, wow! You um, definitely have to let us know. I know yeah. we um, follow each other on Twitter. You have to let us know about that so we can. You're, you're definitely going to definitely hear, hear
4: about it. Um, we, yeah. we we just signed a deal with Balboa Press. uh
2: wow, About two weeks
4: now, we turned in our manuscript from this past week, um, and it's it's very exciting. So, but but our, our real goal and our mission, you know, Vera and I describe ourselves as do better fanatics. Mm-hmm. And and we're not speaking from the standpoint of people who always who always did it right ourselves. We had to grow and experience um um adult decisions that weren't grown decisions ourselves as mm-hmm. we walked our path separately and together. Um and, and part of what brought us together both as a as a as a couple romantically as well as professionally was that we both kinda came to the same point of awareness and of growth in different ways from different paths with different experiences and realize that we are bringing a lot of things to the table that are very compatible and that we're able to deliver this message as a couple in a very powerful way.
2: And the timing, it seems to be just perfect. And I feel like timing is absolutely everything. You all have experienced your past separately and came together, and now you know the sky and beyond is the limit in what you all are, are doing and shall do. Well, Zara um, said, has
4: this thing that she says all the time, that now I say it too. Things happen as they ought. And that's why you should never look yeah. at be it. It's all preparation. If you look at it properly, you get the lesson from the past, and you use it as a floor to build from, not a not a ceiling of limitation on what's possible for you.
3: Right, And, and right. so
4: in the, in the grown zone, we teach you're not supposed to be ashamed. You accept what is. You accept what you did. You accept what you experienced not as good or bad, but just what you experience. and then your goal is, now what did I learn from that? What can I use to grow and make my next decision better? Not to punish myself, but to love myself and make my my next decision better. And that we we were able to do it and and talk about that on a radio show or on our blog and book in an authentic way because it's what we have lived and it's what we're living today. But our thing is that we want to shorten the learning curve you know, you don't have to take the class 15 times before you get the lesson.
2: That's right. <laughs> That's right, tuition. to last that time frame. You know,
4: and I tell my That's kids, right. when you fail the class, they don't give you your money back. So if you <laughs> take it again, you got to pay again.
2: So <laughs> our goal with
4: the growing zone is the short learning curve so right. that you, you you have the experiences, but you learn from the experience the first time so you can grow more effectively and make your better decisions and avoid, you know, some of the um, – repeated negative experiences that you wouldn't have to repeat if you would just learn the lesson as quickly wow. as you could. And the Grown wow. Zone's job is to help people to learn the lesson the first time by adopting a, a commitment to, to grown behavior, self-loving um, decision-making so that they can learn faster and, and grow and, and, and be more and better of who they are.
2: Wow. Well, I declare Alfred Edmond, Jr., sir, it has been my absolute pleasure having you here with us today on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and the great example that you're setting uh, for us at Black Enterprise and with all of the events and and everything that you guys uh, have going on there. And also to you and Ms. Zara Green as well with the Grown Zone and, and, and all that you're setting for us and leading, and um, as I said, you know, we look forward to having you back on our show and definitely learning more about your new book that shall be out.
4: Um. Absolutely, and Deborah, let me make sure that I thank you for for creating this platform, for just for positivity and uplift and empowerment and, and education. Um, you and I are in the same business, and, and we're yes. on the same team um, and serving the same mission, Um, So both Zara and I are are so grateful and appreciative of you um, presenting this opportunity to me and others that you've had on your show um, to really do some good media and and help people move forward in life. So we tip our hat to you and show appreciation to you.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored. You have definitely made my day. And and please give my best greetings to Zara as well and thank her for all of her support uh, today as well.
4: I will do that. I love that woman.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I just love black love and love to see it projected everywhere. <laughs> so you, got, I can't can't wait to see more from you all with the grown zone as well. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that was a powerful interview. Our very special extended version here today on Wealthy Sisters Radio featured Nana and Alfred Edmund a black enterprise and the grown zone. If you missed the first half of this interview, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. You can go to com right now, Wealthy Sisters Radio. It'll be available as soon as the show ends in a few moments. And also, you can catch this and all of our other great shows there. Five years of great content for you uh, here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Again, we want to say thank you so much to our very special guests as we continue to celebrate wealthy brothers here on Wealthy Sisters Radio in the month of October. Want to remind you to go to thewinnersummit dot com right now. Get registered. Uh, for the conference, remember the millionaire luncheon uh, tickets are included in the early registration that's ended, but uh, technically you can take care of some early registrations this week. It will end this week. Uh, we look forward to seeing you March 27th, 28th here in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. It be a lot of fun, a lot of entertainment, but most importantly, a lot of good information that will help you in your business and in life. And, as we come to the closing of our show today, you know it's that special time when we talk about our power thoughts of today, and I'd just like to, to go back to several other things, like I said, so much um that Alfred shared today on the show. But as he mentioned, I believe his partner Zara's famous statement, things happen as they ought, you know oftentimes we talk about the process here. And a lot of times we want that process to be a lot faster than it is. But reminding ourselves, as Alfred said, that embrace that process, but enjoy the process, learn from the process, and know that everything is happening the way that it's supposed to happen. And, And that all of the goals that you've aspired to, all those things dreamt of, you shall accomplish it. But everything happens in the right time. Everything happens in the right time. So thank you again so much. Keep moving. Keep going forward. Stay plugged in to us here at Wealthy Sisters Radio every week, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, again, you can catch us at WealthySistersRadio.com. And, once again, thank you as well to the new uh, syndication family, the WPGR.TV. Well, as always, we want to wish you and yours the best of everything great, and we look forward to seeing you here next week.
1: We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio Show. We're now listening to Wealthy Sisters sisters, Radio Show. We're to wealthy sisters. on air. to sisters. to sisters. to sisters.
4: The opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our host, staff, or partners of Wealthy Sisters Radio.